Philippians chapter 3, and the message tonight is geared largely to all of us with a special focus on our Texas mission team. And I want to ask those who are going on the Texas mission team to come and sit on the front bench tonight. Would you do that? Just come and sit right here. All of the, the others of you can just move over to the side benches and or the front two rows, maybe the front two rows. If you're already on the second row, just stay there. That's fine. That's good. And it, you don't have to move if there's room. All right. That's good. That's good. All right. Amen. Now, these are going to represent us at the Rio Grande Valley, deep in the heart of Texas and right on the border of Mexico. The focus will be on boys and girls and their families who come from Spanish-speaking homes, Mexican homes. Almost all, maybe 100% or at least 90% of the boys and girls and those that are in the Bible school and in the revival will be of Spanish background, Mexican background. Many of them will understand English. The little ones will not understand English, but they'll understand the language of love. And God will break through to their hearts. We're praying that God will see uh, victory through our lives. And remember that as you go, you're representing the Glendale Baptist Church. And we're a team, we're holding hands with you as a team, you're not going by yourself. You're not going in a vacuum. This church is behind you all the way. I appreciate the fact that you've been willing to pay the price in preparation. Many of you attending regularly and faithfully the meetings in June and July that we've had in training union, training and planning to go. Many of you have paid the price financially at your own expense, taking time from work and uh, providing your own funds to go. That's a remarkable thing. I wish that our church could afford to not only pay all of your expenses, but give every one of you a remuneration for going. You'll get that when we get to heaven. But I want to read something from the Word of God tonight that I believe can be a blessing to us. And it's in line with our going through the book of Philippians, beginning in verse 7, chapter 3, verse 7. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. When we bleed, we bless. In the scripture and in the gospel and in the Christian faith, 
the way up is the way down. The way to climb the ladder is to be at the bottom of the ladder and just hold it firm. The way to be exalted is to be abased. The scripture says concerning the Lord, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, things in heaven, things in earth, things in, under the earth, and that every tongue should confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. But notice he humbled himself. The way up is the way down. I respect you for the willingness to get on bus number eight Friday morning and ride through dry, parched, thirsty land, 100 degree weather, bumpy rides, little sleep, but much dedication, and for 30 hours, give yourself sacrificially to arriving at the place where God can use you there because he is sending you there. And Paul did something like that. In a, in a sense, you're on a missionary journey. Our church is going to hold the line in prayer. You're our heroes this coming week. That's the reason we've asked that everyone that goes meet certain qualifications. We've asked everyone that goes to be active in training union. You can scarcely go down there. Going 1,500 miles is not going to make you a missionary if you're not doing it here. It's not going to make you faithful if you're not doing it here. Training union is where we have, <clears throat> where we grow in the Lord and where we see our talents developed and we begin to understand more of what God wants us to do. Of all the functions of our church in any church, the thing that appeals to me the most is Baptist Training Union. It was through Training Union that I learned to say anything in public. I believe I grew more in Training Union than I did in Sunday School. And so we've asked every one of you to be active in Training Union. We've asked every one of you to be active in church, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Sunday school, training union, the whole business, that you'd be a 100% person. We can scarcely ask somebody else to do something we're not willing to do ourselves. Going 1,500 miles from home and trying to lay the claims of Christ on someone, what kind of claims are we laying? Are we saying all you have to do is make a profession of faith and then live any way you want to, go to church if you want to, don't go if you don't want to, skip in and out and so on. Is that what we're doing? A thousand times no. We're saying to them by precept and example, when you give your heart to Christ, we encourage you to be faithful to your church and grow in the Lord. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And then Paul Adding this, he mentioned all the reason he had some reasons to have confidence in the flesh because he was this and this and this. He was respected among the Jews. He was a Pharisee. He was blameless and so on. 
But he said, those things that were gained to me, I counted them as loss, as, as nothing. Count them just, just like dung. They didn't mean a thing as far as gaining any favor with God. But he said, this is the one thing I want to do, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Now, what does that mean to know him and the power of his resurrection? Paul already been a Christian for probably 30 years when he wrote this. He wrote it from a Roman prison. He already knew Jesus. He was saved. He's not talking about how to be saved here. He says, I want to know him. I want to get to know him better. I want to love him better. I want to know him better. I want to serve him better. There's some things that hinder our knowing Jesus. And among these are unfaithfulness. Unfaithfulness is an enemy to the knowledge of Jesus. It's like unfaithfulness in the home. A husband and wife are not going to get to know each other very well if they're going to be unfaithful to each other. They may be acquaintances, but there won't be that growing and binding together. So it is with the Lord. If you can hit and miss in your Christian faith, if you can be here one Sunday and be gone two or three Sundays, be here for some service and be gone some services, you're not going to accomplish much in the Lord. And so I encourage you to be a hundred percenter. And when you get to Texas, be faithful in all the things that we're going to do there. Everybody doing everything together. And ask God to give us a togetherness so that we invite people to the gospel story. Tell them about Jesus. That we will also build a bridge from where we are leading them to Jesus to a church where they can serve the Lord, follow the Lord in baptism, and go on with God. Secondly, an unthankful attitude is a hindrance to knowing Christ. I think every one of us needs to have a thankful attitude because of what Jesus has done for us, first of all. If you have a testimony, it's a humbling thing. Nobody could ever get up and give a testimony and say, well, I did this, and I did this, and I did this, and I'm so proud of me. That's not what a testimony is. A testimony brags on him. It says, this is what he did for me. I love him because he first loved me, and because he did this for me, and he did this, and he continues to do this, and he saved me by his grace, and I'll never be able to thank him enough. And so we have a thankful attitude. Frankly, our church has a thankful attitude toward you. When you get on that bus Friday morning, you're representing Glendale Baptist Church getting on the bus. It might be hard for a thousand people to get on that bus and go, to, go down there. If we, if we had a thousand people, please don't tell our insurance agent. But see, you're representing us. There'll be 17 to 20 from our folks, some of the greatest people in all the world, people who hold important, responsible places of position here, those who are already missionaries at home, you're going representing this church to serve the Lord there. So we're thankful for you. But let's ask God to give us a thankful attitude. And on the bus, you need, thanks, you need a thankful attitude. Uh, there are a lot of things to be unthankful for. You wish you had an air-conditioned bus. You wish you had one of those road buses, had a restroom in the back of it. You, you, you wish you had one of those buses that took the bumps easier and so on. Well, we have the best we've got, bus number eight. It's the Sam Harris Special. And uh, uh, you're going to be thankful for that and thankful for all these people who have invested so much in getting it ready. 
I've been impressed by so many who have had part in getting it ready. Some have washed the uh, w windows and washed the buses and, and done the various things for it. And uh, some have been mechanically taking care of it and getting in shape and so on. Let's be thankful for that. Be thankful that God has put it on your heart to go. The Lord must have done that because you're going in a sacrificial spirit. You're going to leave your family, your friends, your schedule, your work, many of you at great sacrifice, a personal sacrifice. So we can be thankful that God put that on our hearts. Thankfulness will enable us to love the Lord more. And on and on we could go, but I just want to lay this on your heart tonight. Let's know him better. Let's go down there determined that I'm going to know him better when these seven or eight or ten days are over. I'm going to know Jesus better. I'll know all of our friends better. We'll know each other better. We'll know some of the Spanish-speaking kids better. We'll know some of those Mexican We'll know some of those families better. Some of them will know Jesus better because we've come. I'm praying that God will touch your hearts and that it will enable you to to touch people in filling stations and restaurants along the way with gospel tracts. Some will come to know Christ on the way. And that when you get there, the Lord will just make it, I don't mean to say easy, because it's never really easy to witness. But the Lord will give you such fullness of the Holy Spirit that it will only be second nature. And you'll just reach out and tell others about Christ. And that God will give an openness and a liberty. And many people will find the Lord as their personal Savior because you've passed the, your, their way. And you've come that way. Now God's going to use you. Let me just give you this closing scripture. Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. What does that mean? To deny oneself doesn't mean to deny certain things. It doesn't mean to say, well, I'm going to go this week without lemon meringue pie. I really like lemon meringue pie, but I'm going to give it up this week. I'm going to deny myself that. That isn't what it means. To deny oneself means to deny self. Whatever self, whatever self asserts itself, wherever self asserts itself, it gets denied. It gets put over on a cross. And Jesus gets enthroned. And so we're going to live with uh, 17 or 20 people who have enthroned Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And God's going to be first in our lives. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, now, that's what you're doing this week. A cross is not something that's thrust upon you. A cross is something you take up willingly. And you're taking up willingly this cross of self-denial, this cross of service, this cross of love, this cross of investment, this cross of sacrifice. And follow me. Well, where will we be when we follow Jesus? Some of you won't like what I'm going to say. Not only you, but the rest of us. I doubt if you ever followed Jesus to a movie house. I doubt if you ever followed Jesus to a television program when something in your church is going on that demands your attention. I doubt if you followed Jesus to a sports or, uh, event when you need to be doing something in the name of Christ. Nothing wrong with sports, nothing wrong with some of those things. But if they take the place of Jesus, you're not following him. You're following him when you say, Lord, which way are you going? I'm going to get on board. I'm going that way. Remember, we're not saved by following Jesus. We're saved by receiving him. But after we receive him, we go on with God by following him. 
And some of us sin against ourselves and against the Lord by failure to follow Jesus. Years ago, a convert in Billy Graham's meeting wrote the song, I'm following Jesus each step of the way. And when we follow him, we'll not lead anybody astray. And we're going to be what God wants us to be. And God will use us. I want us to turn our hymn books to a song that we don't sing very often. <clears throat> but it's an appropriate song to close this service with tonight. Will you turn to page 497? 497. I want to ask Miss Retha to play this song, and I want to give you the words before we sing it. 497. Now, will you listen to these words? So send I you to labor unrewarded, to serve unpaid, unloved, unsought, unknown. To bear rebuke, to suffer scorn and scoffing, so send I you to toil for me alone. So send I you to bind the bruised and broken, or wandering souls to work, to weep, to wake, to bear the burdens of a world aweary, so send I you to suffer for my sake. So send I you to loneliness and longing, with heart a-hungering for the loved and known, forsaking home and kindred, friend and dear one, so send I you to know my love alone. So send I you to leave your life's ambition, to die to dear desire, self-will resign, to labor long and love where men revile you, so send I you to lose your life in mine. So send I you to hearts made hard by hatred, to eyes made blind because they will not see, to spend though it be blood, to spend and spare not. So send I you to taste of Calvary. As the Father hath sent me, so send I you. May we pray. <clears throat> Our Father, we thank you that Glendale Baptist Church has a team of precious men and women and some who are coming to accompany us on this mission journey from other churches and other places and are blending their lives with this team to go in Jesus' name to love, to lift, to give. Oh, God, empower these with the love and liberty of the Holy Spirit. Fill them with God. We pray that every one of us, whether we stay or go, will be filled with the love of the Holy Spirit. We thank you that these are indeed our spiritual heroes this week, taking time from their work, taking vacation time, going at their own expense, God bless them and anoint them and fill them. And may they rejoice. We pray that we'll give them safety. Help the bus to be mechanically sound. 
We pray that will guard and guide that bus as it goes down the highway. And that you'll touch every truck, every car, every bus that comes by. <clears throat> and may they be guided by the Spirit so there'll be safety. Give skill to those who drive. Keep them alert and awake. And we pray that thou wilt help. These are, these are just human beings, Lord. And all so many times we, we get tired and weary and we get cross with one another. We pray that will give us a spirit of love and of Jesus. That this team be filled, so filled with God's love that as they go, they'll experience revival on the bus, a love for each other. And that love would just flow from their lives like liquid love into the lives of others. And that's the love and liberty and freedom of the precious Holy Spirit. Father, there are some Mexican boys and girls and men and women and teenagers, even this very night, this Wednesday night as we pray, who don't know what's going to happen to them next week. Maybe some of them have no idea that they're going to hear the gospel. The claims of Christ will be presented to them. And they'll have an opportunity to join that caravan, that train moving toward the glory. Oh, God, bring such conviction that everyone who hears will want Jesus. And we pray that through this, someone there in the valley or someone of our team will understand more of the will of God for his life than ever before. God grant that in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. May we stand, please.